0: Welcome everyone to the nitty-gritty. We are back and we have Tyson Henderson with us today. Tyson, thanks for coming, man. Thank you guys for having me. (laughs) This is great. So in case you don't know Tyson, Tyson is a world famous videographer. He has traveled the world. He's done some really cool stuff. He was just showing us a cliff jump he did in the Amalfi Coast, right? That's right. And how tall was it? It's probably 90 feet. It grows every year. (laughs) It's like a fish. It gets bigger every time you tell it. That's
1: in Italy, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. For you uneducated peasants. Yeah. I just had to ask like five minutes ago where it was. So I thought I should clear it up for you all.
0: So, Tyson, your background (laughs) on the video world, you started just, I mean, making videos and then you worked with Devin Supertramp for a while, which is where we were filming. I was with Supertramp
2: when we were in the Amalfi Coast.
1: Okay. So. Does anybody ever s- tell that guy that, that name? Kind of sounds like an adult entertainer name.
2: Uh, that's a first. Uh, no, I most mean, people? no, no. no like most Devin Super asked Where that came from? <laughs> but no, that's the first.
3: Yeah. No.
1: See, I'm a pretty, and pretty you original would, thinker. You would come up with that. Yeah, I'll have yeah to ask well, him. I'm also immature. I'm sorry. <laughs> so
0: you did that. How long did you work with Devin? I was with Devin for about three, almost four years. Okay. For those who don't know what Devin does, if you don't follow him on YouTube, what Mm -hmm. types of videos were you
2: creating with him? Of extreme out of the box, wild videos, just taking like ideas and taking them as far as they could go. Like probably the craziest one we did was a slip and slide out of an airplane. So you just, you hear that and you're like, okay, so that that's the kind of scale (laughs) of the videos. How that, would you do that, that was actually the last video I, I helped with before I Okay, let's on.
0: spend a little bit of time on that. A slip and slide <laughs> out, out of, the an back of an airplane. airplane. Wow.
2: We've got a C forty seven, C one thirty, I think. C one thirty, yeah. C one thirty. Got a slide that fit perfectly and I mean you guys can go check it out, but
1: the, it's uh, just off the back of that dropping. And then that thing comes cargo down hold.
2: and we'll just send it out. And I was the guy that was in the plane wow. filming. So I'm like, but I'm locked in and I'm just running down the slide and then watching him just go. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's so what we making, did. So you were jumping out of planes a lot. I never jumped. No, still haven't. In fact, I need to. My wife um, needs to hear that. It's like <laughs> something that I need to do. I got married, and she's like, "No way." But I do enough cliff jumping that it should be okay. Oh, we have the video pulled up. There, there it is right there. You can see people that just getting unreal. sent
0: How did Devin find you? I mean, because you were just kind of making videos as a kid, right? When you yeah. grew up, like kind of pre-YouTube, it wasn't super
2: popular, but you just were like, I'm going to start making videos. Yeah. My mom was always like, you need to find what you love to do. And so at a a young age of, I think 16, I was in a video class in high school and I just immediately fell in love with editing, which is pretty unique. Most people hate editing. I actually love it. Filmmaking came along with that. And so I told my mom, I was like, this is what I want to do. She bought me a computer. I mean, she invested in me. So she bought me a computer, a camera, and I just went for it you know i just went full send i guess is what the kids say yeah. you know, the kids send it
3: <laughs> gotta send it it's
1: <laughs> still gonna send it how old were you sorry when this happened i
2: think i i was a junior so what is that 16 17 years old when i was like this is it but it's before pretty. that i was like filming things with my friends i got a whole bank of videos of just friends we would do stupid stuff
1: so your mom already knew that you were into it so
2: yeah it was like it was it was more just like i didn't at that time what 12 15 years ago that that wasn't a career that like people no. unless you're going to go into the film industry and f- work on features and documentaries right. and things like that so it wasn't it was it's changed a lot since then but yeah that was like i want to do this and it was kind of i i mean i even talked to my friends to this day and they're like i didn't when i saw you doing that they're like i didn't think you could make that up out, out of a make a career out of that because sure. like it just it wasn't a thing at that time and then i saw but i saw devin Supertramp and what he was doing and i was like that's what i want to do whether it's youtube or just professionally and i just loved it so have been doing it ever since i
1: feel like we're in a day and age where if you're passionate about something you can make a career out of just about Every, anything yeah because there's so much reach now mm-hmm. you know with the internet and everything else literally that anything even barbecue it's been around forever who would have ever thought just cooking in my backyard right Here it, you it's are. crazy and so but you were ahead of your time because i would look at video and like coding mm-hmm. back then is man if you were into that stuff for fun you had no idea how big of a payoff it would be because yeah. now we are in like videos, everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful I got in when I did because it's a very, very saturated industry now. For sure. Everyone can have a camera. I mean, even your iPhone takes amazing video that you can do anything with a, with a camera. And so, yeah, I got in a little bit early and I, I guess I'm kind of one of the OGs, especially in Utah. Uh, right. A lot of the younger kids are looking to
0: so like skill set, like what makes a videographer good? Is it the ability to edit the footage or is it like the creative eye on how to get the angles? You know, like I guess I've never really thought about that is what re- really like helps someone stand
2: over, kind of stand apart. Yeah. So skill is huge and it takes a lot of skill and just time. But one of the biggest things that will never go away with videos is telling a story, being able to craft a story. People can be a good videographer, but if there's no meaning behind it, people get kind of bored and you won't, I guess, get noticed as much. And uh, I learned that, you know, pretty late. I was always just about the pre-shots. I think that's a lot of the stuff we did at Super Trump was just pretty fun, amazing shots without a lot of story. And so it takes skill because you've got to be able to compose an image on your camera. you got to be able to do the settings. And then editing, that's interesting because it takes a lot of time. You just have to spend that 10,000 hours, as they say, and and just do it because you're just gonna start, as you're going through footage, you just start to find, you just start to like, as you see something, you're like, okay, this would be cool, but like five years before, I wouldn't have thought that. So it's like spending time just watching footage over, over, and over, and um, making videos. You just learn and get better.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I get mad just trimming videos on my iPhone. Yeah, that's annoying. Just trying (laughs) to get it to the, (laughs) you know, like I just wanna take this little bit off could you imagine sitting in front of all those buttons and all the different things that they have to do? And, and that's what, It becomes a keyboard. So, like, right. my
2: wife watches me edit, and she's just she's just like, like, what are you... You don't have to think anymore. And I, I'm just... That's crazy. And then and I do something real quick, and she's like, how did you even think to do that? And I'm like, I didn't. I didn't think to do it. I just did it because it's now subconscious, and yeah. I've done it long enough.
0: Well, and to your point about, like, learning how to tell the story, that's kind of what took you to what you're currently doing, right? You've left... Devin Supertramp, and now you are kind of the creative director in charge of the brand, mm-hmm. that story for Nomadic.
2: Not just kind of. Not kind that's of. That's my title. That, that is what you <laughs> I'm are. I'm the creative director. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Get it right, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> that's on me. I should have clarified that I am. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, yeah. So I'm the creative director now at Nomadic. They headhunted me, um, saw my stuff on Instagram, followed me. They actually sent me a bag before I worked for them as an influencer, I guess, just to post about it. And I uh, loved the bag. and then um,
0: I
3: Bags reached- are
2: amazing. If you don't know what pneumatic bags yeah. are, go check amazing.
0: them
3: out. Amazing.
2: Because
0: they're incredible.
3: They, we're owners. They, yes, lit- we they are.
2: literally are the best. Like, yeah. no joke. The quality is amazing. Um, and I actually reached out to them to sponsor a trip. Me and my wife were going to go on to Japan just for fun. I had family out there. I actually had a sister out there that we can talk about later a little tease but uh, i had a sister in the military so we were like let's go out to japan and um and see her and we're like let's try to get it funded so we reached out to a few companies and nomadic was one of them uh because we were big fans and they were on, they were all on board so i made one video but before they even saw that video the owner reached out about doing some videos and i responded thinking i'd do some videos and when i got in the interview he he we quickly learned it was a good fit for both of us and he offered me a full-time position. And in that time, I was like, no, I kind of just want to start a business, which I think worked because he they, they hire a lot of entrepreneurs at that company and people that are very driven. And so he saw that in me and was like, maybe you're not interested, but I want to give you an offer. And I was like, of course, yeah. And so he gave me the offer, and I would be stupid not to take it, and so I took it. And I've learned a huge part of the film industry I didn't know until I worked for Nomadic, which is just promoting products online this day and age with Instagram and Facebook and how important that is to business now. Meaning like
0: promotion is like how to tell the story of a promotion or just like how to push a product in general.
2: Yeah. And that's the other thing, like stories are important, but when you're trying to grab people's attention on Instagram, you have 0.3 seconds story. doesn't matter. What comes later is the brand and that's the story. Before that, it's just getting customers in the door. And so it's about that imagery. And I, I learned a lot of that through Devon Supertramp. And so that's translated into how to grab, grab people's attention online. And um, the ads that I've created for Nomadic have converted like crazy good. And um, that has only helped my career and kind of getting noticed by other companies and things like that. So so yeah. just
1: so we all understand, converted means what?
2: Money right sales right sales uh, everything in life is about sales that's i don't right. care who you are <laughs> that's right marriage so everything. You, you're everything. Every <laughs> everything. you're selling every day everything you're always in fact guys i'm selling you right now on me that's for sure true. you are for <laughs> and, sure and our audience we're already <laughs> yeah. sold i hope so i hope <laughs> we're that sell I'm, your audience now we're already our purchased we're all in
0: sales whether we want to be or not yeah, yeah that's right and i mean as far as other videos you've done at least to my knowledge your super tramp videos got tons of views but mm-hmm. something you done on the side your proposal video yeah i mean i got
2: 8 million views yep on youtube yep those were the days i was trying to be a devin super tramp. like and i didn't realize how important it is to like figure out something that you're good at and unique at and not try to copy people and try to become people and that's super important in, in all aspects of life. But like I wanted to be what and do what Devin Supertrump was doing. And so there's a lot of videos, if you go to my early days, that are very similar to his. I just was like, well, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Let's just do what he's doing. But then you learn, and a lot of people on YouTube learn, you have to be unique. You have to f- do what you are good at. And I, I I, did my proposal video just because the other ones weren't taking off. And it was kind of a documentary style. And it just took off. And I learned quickly um that was a little niche and so i went after it and i did like i think 15 more proposals after that and they all did super well and, and that's kind of my my youtube channels kind of gained that audience but branching off of that we got a lot of positive requests from our proposals saying you guys need to start a vlog channel and at that time four or five years ago that that was pretty new still even though at that time it felt like i was way late so i started a vlog channel with my wife and it, we pretty much just we don't we're not like extremely passionate about it it's just like our way to journal and document our life and i'm obsessed with like not losing memories because i have those memories now and it's so fun to go back and watch so i will film a lot just to keep those memories especially now that i have two boys and documenting their their lives so it's more about documenting their lives less about
1: views and becoming a youtuber yeah you've come a long way i saw an older video I think it was from 2008. No, uh, it was a music video. You went deep. I went deep. <laughs> so yeah, you've uh, you've really improved yeah that I, what you're talking about the music video that i made the, yep. yeah yeah that mm-hmm.
2: was my first upload to youtube actually and uh i think it got 200 views in the first week and i was like, like oh, i'm famous yeah. 246 yeah. 46 yeah. in the it's last jumped. 10 12 years that's great it's, it's jumped 25 percent <laughs> in the last 10 years that's my true claim to fame <laughs> that's actually on a different channel so if anyone's looking for that you that's gotta right. f- you gotta go deep we all gotta start somewhere right <laughs> yeah
3: But I think
0: that's important that you talk about like finding that passion, you know, and doing things that makes you different, Mm -hmm. you know, just just doing it right. But I want to kind of rewind the clock a little bit, maybe tell the story how we're even sitting here today, right? Right. Right. So we have a mutual friend, um, Jared, aka Gold Yeller. Gold Yeller. So shout out to Gold Yeller.
2: Thanks for putting this together, brother.
0: So, (laughs) Jared is. Been awesome with the podcast. He's always texting me saying, Hey, you need to go talk to so and so, or you need to get so and so on your podcast. And he was out at Vid Summit. Vid Summit, right? Yeah, LA. Yeah. In LA. So he's like, You need to meet Tyson. He needs to come on the podcast. So we got together. What did he tell you? I mean, maybe give a little background into that on why Jared, how you met Jared and and kind of where how that got us to where we are today
2: yeah so we're not here to talk about my videography skills as important as those are um, I think it's important because that's who I am but um, it's the past and what I've done to get to this point that is I think more important and the whole reason I'm here because it's pretty interesting and it's um, something I've actually I never tell people a lot of people I think have kind of figured it out through the you know just. Things I've posted, or just like reading between the lines, but at the same time, I've never told this story, especially to a, an audience. Like, but like, never told. Like,
0: literally, there's probably you could count on
2: only a both few hands. People. The, well, for one hand that know the no, whole story. Even some of my best friends don't know the story. Yeah. Um, my wife obviously knows the story. My family knows the story. People that um, I may have grown up. I think I grew up with like early, early days. Just like would know, but no one knows the nitty gritty of those <laughs> stories. Oh, it's Never so easy to like incorporate that. your name into this. It's because there's a lot of nitty gritty for sure. So in LA, sure. oh, so, yeah. so,
0: so you meet Jared, yes. gold yeller. He comes up to you. Kind yeah, of like so stalker creeper. Totally. And if you see Jared,
2: <laughs> he's got his hat low and his, his beard. jersey. And, and his, his
0: hair hanging out. He's hey, some kind of jersey, some right? Some kind of jersey. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm in the middle of a conversation and I notice a guy, peripheral vision, stop and just stare at me. And I don't look at he him. Was breathing right out or anything? Not yet. Okay. Let's, <laughs> we, we go, not yet. But I was standing there talking and then he he goes, are you Sadie's brother? And I'm like, my first thought is what? Like, how do you know Sadie and how the heck do you know that she's my sister? And uh, so a lot of thoughts were going through my my mind at that point. And I was just like, so I just said, yeah, how do you know Sadie? And he's like, well, she was my TA uh, at Boise State when she ran track there. And so I I was like, that's great. So we got chatting about her. And as we got talking, I'm just the whole time going, how do you know she's my sister? And what are you like? What do you know? You know, how much do you know? And so, you know, it was a three day thing. And so the next day he came back and we started chatting up again about other things and then the third day finally came around and he started getting a little more detailed with Sadie and it's, I started to wonder a little more about what he knew so I just said dude I need to know what you know like I just want to I want to talk to you about my story because it sounds like you you know a little bit and so uh he's like well you know I don't know a ton and I'm like well how much do you know and he's like I don't know and I, just and I'm like just say one word I just need to hear one word and I'm trying to get him to say it before I right. ask like just say the <laughs> word And so, uh, I was like, just say one word and I will know how much, you know, and he goes, uh, okay. Uh, kind of hesitates. He's like polygamy. And I was like, okay, you know, enough. (laughs) That's all you need to know. That's the magic word for me to basically open up this story. And so Jared was one of the, I think the third person I've told the story in the last like two years. And before that, never. Never told this story except to my wife. I never saw a reason to. I just kept it to myself. But from the last two years, year and a half, I felt like I needed to start sharing this story. I feel like I. I just think it's important. And when I tell people, the reaction's pretty cool. It's like they're just like blown away. They're really encouraged in some sense, and they're just like this. Like that's an amazing, very very unique story that uh, no one really knows. And so, so
0: do you feel like it's been the reason you want to tell it? Is it more like almost like therapeutic for you to like to finally feel like you can share it or is it more of a I think there's someone that's this might help
2: yeah that's a good question um I don't I never have done it to like to like think I'm gonna help someone by telling them this story I feel like it's it's a huge part of my life that has shaped me into who I am and the reason I'm the way I am, especially with my wife and my kids. And so it's kind of like that, that journey that got me to this point that that I want to tell and whether people relate to it, you know, rarely, no one's going to relate to the things I went through. A few people might, but, um, it's very unique. And so, the um, So it's the journey and it's maybe people can find bits and pieces through that journey that they can relate to, whether it has to do with polygamy or not. So that, so I, I feel like it's time to tell the story. Um, f- the main reason that I feel like I can, I can is because that chapter has officially been closed in my life. I feel like it's, it's a new page and I can just move on from a lot of the things that that went down. And so I just, um, that's kind of the biggest thing is like, I'm like, I feel like I can finally tell the story cause there's an ending yeah, my life's continuing and there's a lot still going on in my life, but I just, um, like, yeah, I think it's time to just tell the story, especially because when I do tell people, they react pretty, pretty cool. Before it was like, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be, you know, have a bad image on myself because that's not who I am, but it's just a part of who I've become. That's
3: for sure.
0: What, so what was like, what was the closing of that chapter? Like what was that event that kind of closed that book, that page and allowed you to kind of do that?
2: yeah so about a year and a half ago i got an instagram out of nowhere this was on christmas eve so almost two years ago that's crazy um i got a a dm on instagram from my aunt who i've not i don't remember the last time i talked to her and it says call me um asap you're going to be hearing from your grandma soon and i'm like i never hear from my grandma unless it's on my birthday she put her phone number in the message and so i just called right away not thinking much of it maybe she wanted to talk about christmas tomorrow And uh, she, she's crying and she's like, there's no easy way for you, for me to say this to you. So I'm just going to say it, but your dad has shot and killed himself. And I'm just like, and it was such a weird experience because my dad hasn't been involved in my life for a little while. To me, he's already was kind of dead to me as, as horrible as that sounds, it's the truth. I put him behind me, I put that, it just was like, I just, you know, it's, it's. Uh, there's no reason I need to care about him. And it was just such a weird feeling for me to have him be actually gone. And so that's kind of the whole reason I feel like I can tell this story now is because that's behind me and that's the chapter. It's like close that, move on with my family, my kids, and um, push forward. So I feel like uh, leading up to that ending, I guess, um, a lot of things happened and um, kind of shaped me into the the guy that I am today.
0: So, so if we go back, you grew up in a polygamous household, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You had your dad and your mom, and your
2: mom was your dad's first wife. Yes. And just a so just a brief history on why they were in that religion. Um, my mom and dad were both actually born into an LDS family, and then they. Uh, my dad went on a mission, and my mom, her family converted before she turned eight. So she was never baptized into the other. She was like, I don't know, probably five. So she, they converted. She's the youngest of a bunch of siblings. And then my dad was on a mission. His family converted to this church, um, and which is the All Red Group. So, uh, there's probably a better name for it. I know there is. I don't remember it, but we refer to it as the All Red Group. I'll look it up. Anyway, so... Uh, my dad comes home from his mission. His family's now in this church, which I think at that day and age, it's a little easier to live that lifestyle. There's not social media, you know, it's not, so he's probably now thinking back, I think he went into it for the wrong reasons. Um, But he converted and then went out there and met my mom out there. And she was probably 15, I think 16 when they met and uh, they dated for a little while, ended up getting married out there. And so immediately after my mom and dad got married, uh, my mom got pregnant with me. And then right after like she got pregnant they got married um he was ready for the next one like where's my second wife and uh started pursuing i don't know who and when or how that went i don't know the details ended up getting a second wife um while
1: uh my mom was pregnant with me and uh that's kind of where that started so what i found so far is apostolic united brethren 'Cause it says the all red group. They call it the priesthood, the group, the work. Yeah. There's so yeah, the the, the group. We there's so many
2: branches off of that and they are just one of them. Like you've got the warrant, the Jeffs, the um the there's just a lot, like Mussers, and that are all branches off of the manifesto that happened in 19, 1884, something like that. Right. Yeah. And they all just disagreed on a lot of things and so they all just slowly came apart. You would never know that we were polygamists. We didn't dress like The traditional polygamists look and so um, if you've seen Sister Wives the show uh, that he was actually in my church and so he just looks like normal guys and normal wives and um, but you go to their house and it's like oh they are polygamists yeah (laughs) they have a lot of wives and kids and uh, and so yeah that's
0: so what was how would you think your relationship like with your dad how is it different I mean I guess you wouldn't know because you didn't grow up another way but for someone who didn't grow up in a polygamous household, like what do you think the difference is between the relationship with your dad as a polygamous father and your dad, if he
2: would have just had one wife? Yeah. So first off, like I have one wife.
3: (laughs) We all have one. Smart
2: man. It's, it's hard enough. We (laughs) love our wives, but it's, it's, it's hard. And, uh, uh, so I can't even imagine, but growing up with a fo- with a dad that had a, another wife to take care of and another family, you know, they take turns, but we did live together that we were small enough. We were small in a family that they, they, she lived with us. And uh, that's like later though. Cause I, I don't remember those days, but like, yeah, I had to, I had to share my dad. which is fine and the cool thing about it is that i have a sibling my age and i have four siblings from my mom and four siblings from her and we all are the same age so it was growing up with a friend you know we had our best friends yeah we're all super tight and you know just had a great family
0: your relationship with your siblings would you consider it like a normal relationship with siblings
2: 100 percent, yeah and even the second mom like she was my mom like how great is that though like if you think about it my mom can like go somewhere and not have to find a babysitter because the other mom's there (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like it's actually kind of cool like in a way it just man that'd be hard as a as a dad or a husband to to live like that Um, and i still have a lot of family that do and it's 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 not easy and they'll tell you and that's part of it and that they, they you you learn a lot about yourself and you i mean it's like anything in life you get You just you go into it and you just you have to get rid of jealousy you have to get rid of a lot of things that we're not supposed to feel envy and things like that so
0: when did you feel like your relationship with your dad start to change because i would assume like when you were young you probably either don't remember it was a more traditional type relationship yeah when do you think it started to change
2: for the bad yeah so i was always my dad's favorite my second mom always jokes about it now like she, she like you were such a punk when you were a kid. <laughs> you got away with everything cuz you were your dad's favorite. I was the oldest and uh and so I had a I had a I felt like I had a good relationship with him. We went hunting and like those are some good days like like when I think back like that's my like that was my dad and we had a lot of fun and then I have a few a few moments where I just like have those that feeling of like fatherly son love <laughs> that right. I never felt um later and so it started to, ch- I mean, I don't think it ever really changed. It's just the fact that he divorced my mom. Was and there a time? He divorced
1: everyone. He just decided. Right. Like yeah. piggybacking on what Andrew asked, was there a time that you remember where you started, that you ever thought maybe this is weird or this is different? Yeah.
2: That took a while. I yeah. think that I was a little older when I figured that out. I, I, we were always raised that we were part of the LDS church, huh. that we were the same. We're the same and they, um, and one day we'll be united and uh so i always kind of never thought i stood out i was just like i kind of owned it and it wasn't i just remember one experience with a friend i was like it was 6th grade and i was like telling him i you know Uh, I was like, do you want to come to my birthday party? But I have to tell you, I've got, you know, we're polygamists. And he's like, oh, yeah, who cares? I'll come like we're sixth graders. Is
0: that like one of the first times you told someone that you were a polygamist? That I
2: can remember. Yeah, it was a very distinct moment that I I just remember that. I'm sure I did before. But um, and and so then I'm like, cool, he's coming to my party. And then I find out he can't because his parents said, no, you're not going to go hang out with the polygamist family. Like, what the heck? And I was just thought that was so weird. And then that's when I started to notice things are a little different. Did yeah. they teach you to try
0: and hide the polygamy side? Like, yeah. like inside of the polygamous yeah. community, was it an era of like secrecy? We need to keep mm-hmm. this hush hush. We don't want people knowing about us. Yeah.
2: Well, because it is illegal, you are taught to be secretive about it. You don't talk about it. If you have friends over, you go... You know you don't let them know when you go you have to go to your other mom's house to grab something like you 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 keep it a secret and and it was always that way i mean back before social media it was easier you know we could keep it a secret and so yeah so, i just grew so up how would I you do that though like if friends came over yeah.
0: i mean did friends not come over often
2: no they did so um see that's what's crazy is when i was i was i mean my dad left when i was like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. so up to that point My friends were who I had at home and our neighbors and our neighbors all knew,
1: you know, we were in Draper,
2: uh, pretty close to
1: Ikea. That was the next question I had. is like, that's the difference. Like you're not, it's not like you're living in Colorado city, right? So you're just in a normal neighborhood, normal
2: neighborhood right there by Ikea. And, um, we had a three level house, each level had a house in it. And so that's to tell you, my dad got a third wife eventually. And, uh, We had, we were in a cul-de-sac and we actually lived. Sorry. So
0: you were living when, so at the time your dad had three wives and Mm -hmm. each wife had their own family on a level of the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one house, top floor, one wife, middle floor, one wife, bottom basement, one wife. Okay.
2: We were the, we were the main level. Okay. Um, And anyway, we lived next door to my cousins who also were polygamists and my dad's brother, he had, I think, three or four wives, and I had a lot of cousins over there. We lived next to each other. Wow. And it was fun, like night games. Like even our neighbors that were like next to us that just didn't care. When you get to know us, you're just like, it's so stupid that it's even like, just like we're just normal people, and we just just happen to live what the church used to live 100 years ago. You know, it just got, just, we just got, it was told to stop practicing at, right now. And so man night games saturday nights weekends they were so fun like some of the best times was just um with friends and things so i never thought about it i never thought about i mean when i was in sixth grade i was what 12. yeah so before that it was like we had this community in our neighbors a neighborhood that just that just didn't care and we were all friends with everyone there and maybe they did and i was too young to care especially the kids they did not care yeah yeah you know? so your dad growing
0: up your parents end up getting divorced. So your dad divorces your mom. Yeah. How old were you when that happened?
2: I was 10 or or 11, something like that.
0: So almost close to the same age. Yeah.
2: I just remember uh, I didn't get it, but I just remember my dad just walked out with a bag of clothes, a couple of bags of garbage bags of clothes. And it was just a weird time. It was just like, I didn't get it. It was too young to like know really what was happening. I just knew he was leaving, especially my siblings. They barely remember anything. But there was a lot of nights I, I would sit up um in my bedroom and listen to him scream at my mom. He was it's, he was super uh, mentally and emotionally abusive on my mom. Never physical um but he he was a like he messed with her mind. He made her feel very bad about herself a lot and he did the same thing with his second wife. She was a little more strong-headed and she wouldn't take his crap like my mom would and my mom's way strong now she was young. Like she, he's all she knew, you know, growing up. And so she, he messed with her and, uh, and
0: the I whole, had, at a young age, it's crazy that you were recognizing that.
2: Yeah. And I just, I just remember thinking, this is just, this is, I just remember thinking this isn't right. And I was always there for my mom. I was always kind of her, she always calls me her rock being the oldest. And so, There's even a time when I was cutting out pictures for Christmas. We were all upstairs with my siblings and we're going through magazines, having a great night. And for little did we know we were told to go up because my dad was going to have a word with his wives. So sat them all down in the living room and I'm excited with my paper that I've pasted all my pictures on. And I have gifts that I want for Christmas and I go running downstairs and I'm getting to the bottom of the stairs and they're just around the corner. And I just hear him screaming at my, my mom's and, uh, and then all of a sudden I hear a shoe just get flung across the room and smack into the wall. And Those are like the little moments that I have where I just knew it wasn't good. And uh, I didn't realize it, how bad it was. It was a lot worse than I think I knew because of, you know I'm being hidden from a lot of that stuff. So. so
0: so, he ends up getting divorced. He divorced all your moms, right?
2: So yeah, he, well, he
0: kind of walks away from everybody.
2: He walked away from his first two. Okay. So my mom and his second wife. And then uh, the whole reason behind it um, and I don't know a lot of the details, but he started dating a, a really young girl, a sixteen-year-old, and wanted to pursue her. Wanted they wanted to get married, and that church was like, "Heck no, you're too. She's too young." And uh, how old was your dad at this time? Probably like 35, crap. 35, 40. somewhere between there. But they were like, "No, you're not doing it." And she was actually cousins with his third wife, and so they were like they were on the same page with it. They're like, yeah, let's do it. And then, um, and then, but the, my mom and the second wife were like, heck no, she's too young. She's a baby. You're not doing it. So they didn't support it. No one supported it. And ultimately he just was like, okay, we'll screw all you guys. I'm out. And uh, I'm going to go with, live with these two. He ended up divorcing his third wife. I mean, I think it's just the same story. Each wife. It's like, he's just, he was, uh, he wasn't mentally okay. Um, he dealt with a lot of demons I found out later and, ultimately ended batted for all of them, you know, that he divorced everyone. And, uh, so I mean, got at, pretty hairy. at a young age,
0: you were thrown into kind of the man of the house. Very, I very, mean, you were the yeah. oldest sibling. You were the man, you were a boy, Yeah. you know, your mom, you're a second mom, right? I mean, did you feel that responsibility when he left?
2: Yeah. Uh, so my second or the second wife left, she moved up to Montana where she's from. So we had this like, distance between them so i didn't have a lot of influence or you know fatherly figure to them Uh, maybe through a long distance i did through my examples but um yeah i felt i fell into that early early with my my siblings and i didn't realize it at the time i just you know it's just what you do as a guy like my mom needs help and there's no one else to help and i'm old enough to help so i would help and it yeah it it shaped me and definitely turned um yeah, a lot of the experiences I had moving forward were affected because of that and uh, I had to grow up
1: quick. So what what is the divorce procedure in that church or how's it looked upon? Yeah, my, wa- my mom was legally married to my dad.
2: The other th- two um, weren't legal. They were okay. just in the church. Um, the records were in the church, um, not by the state, I think. So he had to officially divorce my mom. So my mom had more pull when it came to like trying to get child support and like taking him to court and things like that trying to get help because he never once paid child support never and she she later tried to get some from him and um, he always played it off like he had nothing and whether he did or not I don't care you're a dad you have kids 11 kids go take care of your kids don't who cares about your wife like my mom didn't care if she got money it was about I have to get my kid braces like will you please just give me some money To help with these stupid things that I'm taking care of myself because I'm a single mom, um, with, with you know, who had nothing when she got divorced because she had a husband that did. I mean, at least provided, and she was a massage therapist. Luckily, you know, and that was something she decided. He was like not about it because she's massaging other people, you know, and men, and he hated that. He's a very jealous person, but she was strong enough to say, "I'm going to do it." So she put herself through school and got her license. Luckily, that's what she. I mean, if she didn't have that, she tells us to this day, like we would have had nothing. I mean, we are Eddie. almost had nothing, but it would have been way worse. So.
0: At what point did you start to distance yourself from polygamy and kind of the whole community and the religion?
2: My dad, obviously, he was around for probably a few months, maybe a year after he left. And I think the last time I really remember was he took us on a trip up to Montana to see the siblings. And... uh and and I just remember going with and hanging out with my siblings and then coming home. And, and that was like the last time I really remember like hanging out with him. And then it was just kind of like a fade out. Like he just stopped calling, I stopped being in touch with him and I never really th- thought much about it. It just happened. And so I just say at that point, like, you know, as I started to see how it affected our whole family and how everyone just left. That's when I was like, you know, I started to figure out that this isn't what I wanted. But at the same time, my family's out there, cousins, aunts, uncles, my mom, she still goes out there, still wants us to go out there, still wants some kind of stability in our life.
1: When you said, what do you mean by out there? Out there, the group, the, the group, Allred group. Going to that church. church. Going to okay. church, yeah, the church is Where bountiful. Is that? Bountiful.
2: Yeah, and uh, and so we would go to church and, um, you know, but I just, I don't know. It's just what I had to do. I was too young to to make decisions but I slowly figured out it's not what I was like It just wasn't I don't know I have a bad I had a bad taste about religion in my life because I have all these friends that are in the LDS church and people that you know believe so strongly in it and then I've got all my aunts uncles family out in this um, the group uh, the Allard group I even have an uncle that was on the um, one of the authorities out there I think he was a second counselor. And so you just think like these guys believe so strongly, and they believe so strongly. Like, what do I do? I'm stuck in the middle. I'm well, being there's torn. a lot of.
1: I'm sure there's a lot of overlapping doctrines too. I mean, since it kind of spawned, f- you know, from the LDS Church, so that would probably make it even yeah. More confusing. And I,
2: I, I grew up. A lot of my friends thought I was LDS because you go into my mom's house. There's pictures of Jesus. Um, there's just it looks like an book LDS of Mormon book of mormons of yeah, course well. like we all read the book of mormon like it's just the book of mormons I, I said <laughs> the book, mormon. the book of, of mormons you mean i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so uh yeah i grew up being taught everything that the LDS church teaches you and so mm. i was i mean i knew the basics i didn't go much beyond that But um, my friends all thought I was LDS until I got to about the missionary age, and then people started asking if I was going to go on a mission, and I was like, "Well, I'm not actually LDS." It was just like, blew people's minds because I was going to seminary um, because my mom wanted me to, but I was very just like a, I just, I don't know, I was super angry as a kid. I was very, I just was pissed off. I just my dad. I was gonna say
1: this had to start affecting you as a teenager. You know, like what, how did it? Yeah.
2: I just, I was just always pissed. I just, I mean, I just remember always talking to my friends, man, I wish I could just run into my dad. Cause I would kill him. Like I would
0: this
1: is straight like, what, up. 13, I just want a 14, 15, 13,
0: 14, 15, 16. So you just felt straight abandoned then. So, yeah. I, so, well, you, so, so you said it happened kind of naturally, but there is obviously something inside of you that just felt completely yeah. abandoned.
2: Yeah. And the, one of the, re- the, 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 the turning point for me was I was 14 years old and we were actually hiking up to uh, American fork cave. Timpanogos cave, Cave, hiking up to Timpanogos cave, which is like something people do once or twice in their entire life. Right. And this was my first time we go up and I think I was 14 and uh, maybe 13. It wasn't, it was like two or three years after, but I felt like forever. It's such a weird time span between 10 and 16, like so much happened. But as we were coming down the trail, I go whizzing by my dad and his fourth wife who is now divorced the third wife. So he's just got her now that one that she's like what 19 now now, she's like now she's like 1920 which is crazy that's so young yeah and so i go whizzing by my brother's i'm ahead of the pack and my brother go goes by and she notices him the fourth wife okay and she goes scott and i hear that and i turn around and i'm like uh dad holy crap and my first instinct was like this is great like I got to get back in touch with my dad, you know? Cause at but that point like a, you
0: didn't have the hard feelings,
2: but at that point you're just like, maybe my dad Why just you wants your family is doing back? other things. You know, there's no like hard feelings or like, he doesn't want me yet. So when I see him, it's like, like any kid would think like, Oh, I get my dad back. Cause I see him, but it's like, okay, there's three years of time that have gone by that he hasn't seen you. So there's something going on, but I didn't think about it. And, uh, it was actually a pretty, pretty cool time. Like my mom came down right after she sees him. It's like this, she had done court things with him up to that point. So she had seen him, but I think it had faded out for last year. And, um, it, it and she just says, and it was kind of good. It was like, he was really nice. It was like, we can, you know, we're going to, we're going to get back in touch. And, and, uh, my mom goes, so can I get your number so we can call you? And he goes, Oh no, no, no. Let me give you my number and I'll call you guys. And we're like, great. My mom, I'm sure was like BS. in my mind i'm like awesome my mom's not gonna tell me no like she's gonna be like yeah you're you know your dad wants to see you we'll see and uh two weeks go by and nothing not a call i mean obviously there's no way other way than texting these those days but not a call and i just remember that about two weeks go by and um that's when i was just like screw it i hate this guy Like he clearly doesn't want to see me because that was his chance.
1: Man, that ripped open a
2: wound, didn't it? I it mean, would, two, oh three gosh. years
1: without seeing him.
2: Yeah, and I I grew up after that just hearing stories from my grandma, my cousins, constantly about how he wanted to see me. And you, th- you hear these things, and you're just like, as a kid, you're like, well, what? Like, uh, He's not doing anything about it, but you don't. You, know, you just start to realize that actually he doesn't want anything to do All with right. you because he could do something and i would go to my mom hey i'm hearing that you don't want us to see our dad she's like tyce i could care less honestly you're you're probably better off not being in his life but i don't care if you see him and she would tell me that and that because i was confused for a long time and so i was hearing these other stories and i'm just like no i don't what the heck like i don't I don't believe anything I'm saying. I believe my mom, especially with the way that all of us kids have turned out. Like my mom raised us and is an amazing person. And you just have to look at that example.
1: So your relatives were telling you the opposite. Your relatives were saying that your dad wants to see you, but your mom won't let him. Yes. Oh,
2: yes. And these are cousins
1: from my dad's side who they have contact with him.
2: And I mean, I, I, it was like never like I'd, I'd go see them. It was just like, one time my cut co- one of my cousins came and saw me at my house and, and told me that's like, Hey, your dad really wants to see you. Like, will you let him? And I just remember thinking like, no, I don't want to see him. Wow.
0: So what's crazy is you think about that you've grown up your whole life inside of this culture of almost secrecy, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not allowed to talk about it. We don't want people knowing what's going on. So this happens. You had a young boy. I mean, you don't have an outlet at that point. You're not able to go and talk to people about it. So what happens to you? I mean, yeah. Like, how do you start to? I don't know. The world self self medicate. Yeah.
2: Right. Like, like, what do you do? It was crazy because 14. The last time I actually see and kind of decide, I'm I don't want to be like him. Um, and not really having a father figure, anyone to bounce these emotions and fears off of. I started. I I, I naturally just wanted. It wasn't even like I wanted to. It was just i was like this will be fun so i started drinking at 14 and uh that was the first time i i got drunk and um it was just like and that was so much fun but you know i was just doing it and it wasn't a a very often thing it was like once maybe twice a year at that age you know like i just have a couple good memories of just and would you fun did you keep that a
0: secret though too
2: 100 percent. yeah yeah absolutely i would never tell I would, I mean, no one knew, but my people that were participating. Yeah. I I had a very uh, clean image growing up. I, you know, I, I had a a lot of demons, Mm. a lot of feelings of just hate, but I always kind of tried to hide that. And I came across as someone that wasn't, you know, dealing with much. And so I just, yeah, I would find ways to um, just cope with it. And I, and I, and I would drink and never got involved with drugs um or smoking although i've tried but like it was never drinking was just always something that i did and it was a lot of fun and i never saw it as a bad thing really how'd
1: you get alcohol at 14 <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> if the, the the there's usually good stories behind I it i
2: was always the one that n- i never got caught like i was right. I, I was so good about being sneaky and lying which is as bad as that is it's it's true <laughs> i right. was like really good at it my brother would always get caught. And so <laughs> it was when he would get caught. Anyway, we would, I had cousins that were, that were old enough and they would buy us beer Jeez. and we would, there was one time I was 14. I mean, I think this is the first time I really got drunk and my cousins, they probably got it illegally cause they were like 18, 19. However, they got it. I don't know, but they had it and we were at a ranch and we, um, and they they're just like encouraging. Like, yeah, you want one? And, right. and we we're like, of course. And so me and my cousin, so young. Um, it was one of the funnest nights. I'll never forget like it was so much fun. And so yeah, we just must mo- I mostly drank Got it that much if you can remember it. So that's good. Yeah, I didn't go blackout <laughs> I didn't go blackout, but I can tell you I did a lot of um, Really stupid things, but
0: so were yeah. all all of your siblings. Did they have I mean Were you all kind of fighting the same battles was everyone trying to keep up appearances? everyone trying to just kind of go through this on their own or were you did you have more of that feeling kind of the, as the older sibling of all of them?
1: Yeah. You were almost a parent at that time, basically. Like, yeah.
0: Like, do you feel like, like did your other siblings, were they kind of going through the same
2: thing as you? Yeah. It, it, it's so interesting because they, they, they have their own things they are battling, especially my younger sisters. Like they're growing up without a dad and the dad is so important to a girl's life. And so I had this relationship growing up with my siblings where I was this father figure. And so I kind of missed out on being a brother and it kind of has affected us as we've gotten older. Like we're now kind of, I feel like kindling this brotherly sisterly brother right. and brother relationship. But before that it was, yeah, I was, I was this father figure and I was, I kind of treated them like like kids, I guess. And it was, it was, and there wasn't a lot of um, sympathy. It was just like, I don't know. It was just a, it was a weird way to grow up and having to grow up that quick. And I think that was a huge part of why I did a lot of things that I did, especially with like girls and drinking and just trying to find other ways to, to get that crap out of my mind. Yeah. And just the hate. And that's the other thing. When I drank, the hate was gone, obviously. And it was just fun, just fun. And I don't know,
0: doing what I wanted. So I'm curious because like I went through, I've gone through a divorce like Cam Mm -hmm. has, like, I'm curious if you feel like as kids, as kids, yes. sorry, as kids, just. not currently, yeah, still love China. What yes. you're saying? Okay. Yeah. We're still Let's good. That we're, up. we're still good. We're still good. <laughs> but do you feel like the polygamous lifestyle going through that? And do you think it's different than someone whose parents just get divorced? Like, do you feel like the polygamy aspect of it had any other impact on you?
2: It, Definitely I mean, the confusion with religion, but having siblings that, you know, you're you're best friends with and they're your brothers and sisters and they are no longer living with you now and they live in Montana, we would take I remember my, my mom and her became really close after the marriage. So dad, you lost
1: more than a dad.
2: Oh, I lost what is that, seven other siblings? I wasn't Jeez. very close with the third wife's kids. They were pretty young. But um, like I said, we each had our own siblings growing up. All four of us were super close to each other, uh, all eight of us. And, uh, and they went off to, to Montana. My mom and her second wife became really close um, after that because they started to realize my dad was pitting them against each other. And they hated each other when they were married. My dad would talk bad about each of them to each other. And they just hated each other. Can you imagine that? And then they f- get divorced and they realize, actually, you are okay. And we're just, he's the problem. And so we, they would, they were, they did the best they could to get us together, and we'd do it once or twice a year. And we would just meet a lot of the times in Idaho Falls, get a hotel, swim together, and it was some so much fun. And there was one time that it was time to go, and we're at a Walmart, and we run as fast as we can, get in the car, and locked our parent, her mom's out of the car. All of us kids were in the car, just just crying because we didn't want to leave them. Like we didn't get it. Like why can't we be with our brother and sisters? And uh so yeah i think there's way more to it um not that i mean everyone's got their their just adds so many different it just adds a new element like you're losing so much more like obviously when most people get divorced you're depends on how it goes but you usually have your siblings we didn't have our siblings and and luckily we've stayed somewhat close we used to write each other like write letters back and forth and then now with social media it's a lot easier and that's actually one of the sisters in Japan she's and I tell people that I have a sister in the military and they're kind of like you have two three sisters and they're all home like I don't get that and I just never go into the details and that's what I mean by reading between the lines you can start to figure things out if you actually
1: dig into my life well the interesting thing I think for being the oldest kid in a divorce especially as a teenager it's hard generally at least in my experience you have you're the one that the parents are talking to you know, and maybe speaking negatively. Yeah. And that's not something that kids are equipped to deal with because they still love both parents, right? Yeah. But see, the thing that makes me sad about the story is it's it almost sounds like you're maybe the only kid that ever really established a positive connection with your dad at some point. Mm-hmm. And so you, you lose that, yeah, right? And yeah. I know that, that it sounds like it gradually deteriorated, obviously, but... It wasn't very that's gradual. a lot. It was it's like <laughs> it's a lot to lose, you know. Yeah, you totally. lose your dad. Like you go from being the favorite, the oldest kid, having that connection, going hunting, right, mm-hmm. to them him being abusive, or you know, verbally and mentally abusive to your mom. Getting protective of that and drinking, and then he leaves, and you lose, you know, your brothers and sisters. Like that's that's heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, a lot to it. That's for sure. So the drinking thing doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think anybody would drink. It's (laughs) like, or whatever it would take to just forget for a minute. Yeah. And so last time you see him on the Canyon,
0: had you ever seen him again before you got the phone call or the message on Instagram that he had taken his own
2: life or he, he
0: had even out of sight, out of mind since that time?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, definitely not. There was, uh, there was two other times and, uh, so I think I was probably like 20, 19 at this point, I'm like over it. Like, I don't know, probably night. It was after high school. And I just remember just being like, screw that guy. I'm done. Like I've done. I went through a lot of crap and I've dealt with a lot of demons, like literally demons that just ate me up inside and really affected me that I had to get, I had to let that stuff go. And so that I could move on with my life and like demons mean like bad feelings towards your dad or like
0: feelings like that you weren't good enough and he left because you weren't good enough, like, or all of the above.
2: Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Just, I just remember being haunted, like literally Um, anger, like things about me would come out. When I'd get mad that I was like, that wasn't me. Um, And I still feel like I deal with that to this day, like anger issues, um, because of how pissed off I was for a lot of years and how I like literally would kill this guy if I saw him. Because I was like, you left my mom, you left us with nothing, you won't pay child support, you're lying to everyone about my mom. All these things just built up over the years to the point that I just, I was so, so mad. But by the time I got to 20, I, I mean, I talked to a lot of other fatherly figures that helped me through a lot of things and let me bounce. Cause I have a great mom, but like, I need, I, need, I was never able to really talk to a man um, and figure, you know, ask advice about life. So I, I feel like I, I don't think I necessarily moved on, but I started to feel a little bit more sad for him and just, and just kind of was like, not necessarily forgiving, but just, I'm, more empathy.
1: I'm 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 not gonna be so mad at him anymore. I'm more just gonna feel bad for him. Was there him. something that caused that? Was there like a wall you hit or were you just sick of being pissed? Did you see like a therapist or a counselor? Like I, what? I
2: hadn't seen a therapist. Maybe I did. I can't remember. But no, I I I don't know if there was like a defining moment. I remember being Maybe it's just getting older. I don't know. I think it was just affecting me and my mom was like like she would talk to me about it and i'm also dealing with my mom's emotions through all this and and just like like you said when your parents get divorced you have to hear a lot of the things and like she would get sad and i'd have to i could tell and i just have to ask her about that but um and then just beside all of that my mom got remarried i was just gonna ask you (laughs) side note like has she moved on and no she before i guess we go into my seeing my dad again my mom gets remarried out there, I always say out there, in that church, the group. Wait, to a polygamist? To a polygamist. What the? Yeah. And he happened to actually be one of my dad's best friends when they were out there, like one of his best friends. And Whoa. he he already had five wives. So my mom was number six. Yeah, number six. Can you believe that? I'm. We're pretty established as a family already, and now Crazy. we're being thrown into a new family that's... Well established, and we're these new. I mean, I knew these people. I was actually best friends with one of his sons, and uh, becoming brothers can affect a (laughs) friendship really badly because now you're comparing everything you get to each other and how much time your dad's spending with you. And I mean, I never considered him a dad. It was just a. How old were you when this happened? I think they got married when I was probably sort of
1: been like 14. That's why I'm saying like so many things happened. Wait, so you moved to a new place with with the other families
2: well they all lived in um on a street there's three homes two of them and and um we bought a home close but we were probably a a mile away half a mile away and it's and so we were close but we didn't live in the same house and that was as i'm older easier to hide that way and i think they preferred that but that's a whole new element to this story my mom got remarried and my brother and sisters were super affected. i mean i was super affected by this because he was not a nice person I was bullied pretty hardcore by two of his boys and they were my friends before, you know, and then as, as you add a brother element to this, I don't know. I was, they picked on me so, so, so bad. And I was a baby because I I feel like I, I blame that on not having a dad around us. I was a total mama's boy. And like, you know, I would, I mean, there's so many times where they just would scream at me and just make fun of me and beat me up. And it was just like, I don't know that, that those were some hard times. Um, those brothers? I was never as good as them. Honestly, right. they were really good at things like, um, and maybe that's why I'm good at things now because they, they, I was always trying to live up to the standards that they had and they were, they were really good at a lot of things. Like I remember wakeboarding Lake Powell, they are so good at wakeboarding, picked it right up. It took me like 50 tries to stand <laughs> up on a freaking wakeboard. Like think about how easy that is. And, and I was, I was razzed really hard. For things like that,
1: and is that still going on today? Like, are, are they still together? Your mom and no, they divorced, so oh, okay. basically, another. St- th- th- I feel like she married the same kind of guy,
2: and oh, maybe, for sure.
1: it was their best friend, and yeah. And so, uh,
0: so it's interesting it's, as, I'm, as I'm listening to this, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like so I'm, many details because yeah, I'm trying to like connect dots and hear things. It feels like it would be easy for you to like when you hear polygamy it is like you can blame that for the divorce mm-hmm. right cuz it's like if if my dad would have only have had one wife how yeah. different would my life have it could been it would have been easier you know what i mean and mm-hmm. the second go around it's like would i have been bullied if my mom would have married a man with only one wife mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so yeah. i think it's kind of uncovering some of those emotions like you can you're attaching the meaning of polygamy in your mind mm-hmm. are all of these negative experiences. It wasn't right. necessarily just the fact that he had multiple wives, but it was all of these experiences that you're attaching that meaning
2: of polygamy to. Yeah. So of course I want to hide it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk and about get it. away from
1: it. Yeah. I mean, sure. Other than the brothers and sisters, which is really the only positive thing that came from it, from what I can tell, like, yeah, yeah. every, every negative thing really can be linked back to yeah. that lifestyle.
2: Yeah, and I hated it, and it was, and it. I feel like it truly tore the second family apart because here's this guy, same thing as my dad, had all the white, and he just was like done. He's like, I, I can't even imagine having, like having that kind of a lifestyle, six wives and that many kids. Then like, that's just a lot of pressure on a guy, and you have to take care of all of them. And so I'm sure it built up and it probably happened to my dad, it happened to him and they're just like, we're, we're out. Like, and, and there was just the drawing of his final straw. And he's like, I'm divorcing everyone. But the crazy thing about that is that from what I heard, he was, he wanted to divorce all of his wives, but stay with my mom. And he was not about us kids. Like he was all about my mom. She's beautiful and the new wife and just young. And, and he was ready to just like say, I'm going to divorce everyone. Let's just stay together. And, and, but he was a horrible dad to me and my siblings.
0: So, so let's go back to then. Yeah. The last time you saw your dad, so you hadn't heard from him for a while. Your mom gets remarried. Mm -hmm. Does she get divorced?
2: And then you, and then you saw your dad like, so after all that, my mom got divorced again. Okay. But during that divorce, she got pregnant with, um, her fifth child with him. And, that all fell apart while she has a baby and uh and and that just added a whole new element but we oh man um she's the best her name's haley and she's seriously one of the best kids and we're so glad we from what the garbage we had to go through she's the best thing that came out of that for sure and i've got a really good relationship with her but when i the last time i actually saw my dad was when um my sister who is in the military she decides to come to utah and kind of say goodbye to everyone because who knows what can happen and so she goes to she comes and stays with my little brother and then she decides to go see my grandma henderson who we just don't have much to do with because every time we go it's the same story oh if you only knew the truth and so uh she goes to our grandma henderson's house and she uh, is talking and then my dad walks in the house she didn't know he lived there I'm like shaking I've been shaking like this whole time telling this <sighs> deep breath so he walks in the door and and he's just like Angie and she's like oh my gosh dad like she hasn't seen him in a long like she's in Montana so she's way less likely to run into him like I did this is like 10 years after the divorce and he comes in and he's looks terrible from what she told me just super skinny and uh catches up with him and she ends up coming back to my brother's house and is like I need to talk to you and Scott my brother and uh, so we all go you know we start talking and she's like I saw a dad today and we're like what this is crazy and she's like yeah and you know he's this and that and doing this and he lives at grandma's house and apparently he's super poor and we're like yeah we've heard that and maybe he is who cares and she's like I'm gonna meet up with him tomorrow and so do you guys want to come? we don't have to tell him you're coming and we're like you know, we we're like kind of not sure, and so finally, like, let's just do it. So he had no idea we were coming. She sets up the time to go meet up with him, and we get out of the car, and he gets out of his car, and we're me and my brother, are way bigger than him, like a lot taller, a lot bigger, and it was just weird. Like our little dad, just this little guy, and it was like, hey, how you doing? And then at that time, like I said, I was over it, and it's just like, you know, what's up? <laughs> it's just
1: another. Do you go remember his face, like when he saw you? Did he make any sort of? Was there any reaction? Oh, I'm. I found out while
2: my sister was at my grandma's, he had pictures of us everywhere in his room. Like all of us kids, he kept up with us. Facebook had just come around and he kept up with us. And whether he printed them or not, I heard his, his sisters would print pictures and from Facebook and as we do life events. So he knew what we looked like. And I had no idea what he looked like. And so I see him and it was just kind of this like weird thing. And it was kind of my way of just like, I want to just hear your side. I want to hear your story. And so, we sit down and he's just the whole time i'm listening to him talk just he, looking I for just, closure yeah in some way and it was kind of a, just another way to rebel a little bit um and uh, i didn't tell my mom and we sit down and just start talking and the whole time i'm he's talking to me i'm just like this guy is full of crap i feel like he's lying to me he's bsing me about everything and any question i asked it was always the same kind of thing that i'd hear from my grandma it was like i have nothing i'm so poor i can't i know i would love to be involved in your lives your mom won't let me like your mom wants me out of your lives and i'm like well, at this point i would too like you're a loser and so i'm kind of figuring these things out as we're going and and uh we finish the conversation and so uh he ends up um getting outside we get to the car and he's uh and he goes can i have your guys's number and i just flip the script <laughs> and I said "Will pay back." Yeah. And I, and I didn't have that in mind, but I just said, I said, no, like I, Angie has your number. If I want to get in touch with you, I will. And, and it was like, okay. And I was just like, cause at that time I truly didn't want to stay in touch with him. I, I believe that we are better off without. I feel like I turned out as much of the crap I went through to get to my twenties. I, I feel like I came out way better than I would have if he was around for sure. there's no doubt especially the way things have turned out moving forward from that but anyway my brother ends up getting baptized um before we saw my dad um he had a girlfriend that converted him and he he's always been a way better kid than me he's just a good just a good kid he loves religion and he latched on to the lds church and got baptized and was ready to go on a mission and so he um at the same time as my sister was going into the military he was going on a mission so he sends my dad an invite to the the farewell without telling anyone. And so here's my mom who hasn't seen maybe she's seen him in court but um still never got a penny from him. And uh my sisters who have literally no real memories just maybe a few but like nothing that they care about. And so and he shows up to this farewell. Yes. And I was the first one that saw him and I had just seen him like a week maybe I don't know how long but it was pretty recent. And I was just like, and I see my grandpa, his dad. And I, 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 I'm just like, Hey, you guys totally caught off guard. Like, why are you here? And all I'm thinking about is my mom and my sisters like, holy crap. This is, this can't go good. I remember my sister, the oldest sister saw him and she left. She's like, I'm not doing this. My other sister, the youngest from him she's just was like really happy to see him gave him a hug and was crying and my mom saw him and so we go through the whole farewell it's whatever it was super weird we all talk about it later and nothing really came from it in fact i thought that maybe he would try to be more involved again in a way i was like maybe he's this is his way of i mean he came around but i think he got a pretty good feeling especially for me and my sister um, that didn't welcome. want to see him, that he, he's just like, it's like, we're adults. I'm an yeah. adult. You've had two years. Why did you now show up to my brother's farewell? I don't know. I, 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 sometimes I wish I had answers to all these things, but these are my experiences and this is what I saw. And I, I just, yeah, I don't understand it. But that was the last time I actually saw my dad before he had committed suicide. So
0: when did you finally
2: meet your wife then? Pretty close after that. Okay. Yeah, I met her like
1: right after my brother left on his mission. Okay. See, I'm super interested in that part because it's like (laughs) now I'm adding another person into the element, (laughs) and just like, I mean, everything you've seen up to this point with marriage,
2: yeah,
1: has not ended well. Thought about that, and not 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 only that, but whoever you eventually are going to meet and marry, you've got to tell the story to, Mm -hmm. you know, and if so, so yeah, who tell us about needing your wife because a funny thought about that is before that because of what i went through
2: and these horrible just negative experiences on marriage i've had i knew how i wanted to be and i knew how i wanted my relationship to go and that's just good and i wanted to be that person my dad wasn't i wanted to treat my wife like my mom wasn't and your wife uh
1: single wife singular, not plural <laughs> okay
2: and so so I just remember as cocky and maybe, I don't know, more confident as this sounds, it's like, I just was all, every girl I dated, I was like, you are going to be so lucky if you marry me, (laughs) I'm going to treat you like a queen. I'm going to treat you so well. And I just remember thinking that, and it was never like, I'm never thought about I'm going to marry this girl. It was just like, it was more just like future thinking. Like when I meet that girl, like she's going to be lucky. Because I'm going to treat her really good. Does that sound really cocky? <laughs> not, you guys are cocky. laughing like it it's sounds, like, wow, dude, to your horn.
1: I, I mean, to me, it sounds like a pretty normal thought, especially with, you know, you lo- you hold your mom in very high regard. You well, love her. She was mistreated. And you want to just, you want to do the exact opposite. Well, in your situation, it's really easy to know what you don't want to
0: do. Yeah. To not what you don't want to have. A lot right? of examples of you know, what not to like do. I think we can both relate a little yeah. bit on what you don't want your family life to become, Yeah. right? And so it's easy to have that example to at least set that standard. So I can understand why you would think that.
2: Yeah, so I apologize to anyone out there that thinks this guy's full of it. It was just a genuine <laughs> feeling of just like, I'm gonna treat my wife so good and I'm gonna make sure she's never treated the way that I saw my mom treated. I had enough bad examples. And so, I don't know, it's like 22 at this point my brother had just gone on his mission so yeah if those numbers line up 21 22 and uh i was kind of done dating i was like I, I i know what i like and i know what i don't like and i seem to keep finding the same type of girls that just i just i'm not you know i don't see a future with I was consciously trying not to date and so i,
3: I that was, was your work. first mistake right there
2: <laughs> yep that's when that's when, that's something's when it happens. coming. and so i i was at work and uh I worked at a pure water company to get me through college and uh, i looked really scroungy and uh in my work clothes my my work shirt with uh with a patch i looked like a worker so longer hair because i'd given up <laughs> and <laughs> i just like let letting myself go so i had a hat on and i was like i'm in i'm in i'm in provo at that time i was working in salt lake and i i was like by the university mall and i was like i gotta go get some hats to cover this mop up <laughs> and so i went into the mall and uh I walked into PacSun Sun because naturally that's where the best hats are, and I walked right past my my wife, which is crazy to think. Walked past her, didn't see her. Um,
1: Pac Sun always had hot girls working at it.
2: Of remember? course, and that's what's funny is like, oh, you met at the mall. Of course, you were there picking up chicks. It's like actually no, I wasn't. I was. I just didn't want to do a haircut. <laughs> PacSun Sun and Buckle, if you remember Buckle. <laughs> yeah, good old Buckle. fit <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. So I walked right by her and she's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. And I just kept walking and I went up to the hats and I started trying some on and she came up to me. i never asked her like why she came up to me. Most guys would think cause they want to talk to me, but she was actually just uh, being a good employee <laughs> came over to me and started asking, you know, she goes, Hey, so you're looking for some hats. And that's when I looked at her and I was like, wow, she's beautiful. Um, and, uh, and so instantly started asking more questions than I needed to and flirted a little bit. So she goes and helps. She goes, I gotta help some customers, goes and helps the customers. And uh, and the whole time I'm thinking I gotta get her number. So I, I grab the hats I like and I go up to the counter and a few people are in line behind me and she starts uh, checking me out. We're just chatting and I, the whole time I'm like, how am I gonna do this? When am I gonna do it? And I can't get the guts to do it because I'm afraid of being rejected and being embarrassed because there's people behind me. And so it was like, as she's giving me my receipt, it's like, okay, see ya. Like, all right, bye. Smiling at each other like, see ya. And she's like, you're an idiot, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and so I turn around and walk away and I'm like, immediately I was like, I gotta go back. So I get out to the car and uh, put on my new hat, gave it about five, 10 minutes and I walk right back in and I go to turn the corner and she tells me now that she actually saw me coming and I didn't know that. So her head was down writing she was pretending like she didn't see me and uh so i went straight up to her and she pretended to be caught off guard when i was like hey and she turned oh (laughs) "Oh, hi and i was like i couldn't leave without seeing if you could give your number out at work and she's like of course and it was all smiles and uh, she wrote wrote her name and number down on the receipt and the rest is history that's how we met and it's just like it's pretty easy after that never had any um i mean i shouldn't say that never had any reasons to well shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> problems reasons to break up there was a lot of those but it was really good compared to other relationships i had where it was like you took breaks and you like it wasn't right and you know just it always felt good and, it, and i always had like a two-week mark with most girls that when i hit that two weeks i was you I, just knew that I, it I just, wasn't I, worth something they do with bug me in, and yeah. i just was like hey well they're not gonna be me i'm not gonna marry them so i can still date them and but I'm not going to marry him. And so with her, I hit that two week mark. And I remember with my best friend, I was like, dude, it's two weeks and I'm not bugged by her. Like, this is good. <laughs> this is a good feeling.
0: This is the one.
2: Yeah. So I learned pretty quickly that, um, I think she was the one and I kind of knew pretty early that I was like, I could marry this girl. But
1: did any of that scare you? Just cause it sounds like if you don't get past two weeks, you never really have to tell your story, but it's yeah. like when you find the girl, eventually you're going to have to drop this bomb. <laughs> Yeah, and it happened way
2: faster than I anticipated, way sooner. Um it was our third date and I had taken her to Arby's and we got a Jamoka shake and uh that was her first question was like, this is coffee. What are you what is he doing? So in her mind she thinks I'm LDS cuz I like I said I had a good She's image. She's like half on hell. Yeah. But <laughs> so I'm sorry. So she <laughs> so she actually orders one <laughs> with <Yeah>. me <laughs> naturally party yeah so she was a little confused and kind of had that thought like is this not coffee and so she drinks it and she takes me to my house and she just she just goes i have to ask you something and i could kind of tell right away i was like oh man where's this headed and she goes why didn't you go on a mission and that was like the last question oh, i expected wow. i was more just thinking like why aren't you all the oh, because it's
1: could, a
2: why aren't you why don't you go on a mission cuz she kind of started figuring my story out and realized that I hadn't gone on a mission. I'm saying this is 3 dates in. It's like a week and a half. And I was like, "Well, wow, this is way earlier than I thought." And I just said, "I'm actually not even LDS." And she's like, "What? I thought you were." So that was her first like f- red flag like I like this guy, but no way. And uh, I don't want to waste my time converting someone. <laughs> and so and so she just lays it on me and says, "Well, like, obviously I like you, but I'm getting married in the temple. So I need to like know if you're going to, if you're interested in the church or if you're going to like, I just need to know if there's potential of that before we go any farther. And I was like, holy smokes. That's the first time I would gotten it that direct. And so I said, well, I've actually already, d- already taken lessons and I've, you know, I've been to church, I've done seminary, I've done all that stuff. Little does she know how much I actually do know. And I just said, yeah, for sure, I'll I absolutely I'll look into it some more. And so she, she's like, great. So and then we started dating, and that was you know, it's a long time before I had to drop the other bomb of <laughs> actually dating. But um, so fast forward, yeah,
1: you do drop the bomb. Yeah, so what six months in?
2: It was like six months in. Yeah, we were we were six months into dating, and um, she kind of just started to figure it out. I mean, my mom. None of us hey, were yes. We grew up in Utah. It's crazy,
0: though. That six months into dating someone seriously, had she met your mom? Yeah. Had she met your siblings? Mm-hmm. And still at it's that still point, no idea. No idea. I mean, still at that point, but just. I, I guess the, my point is like, the 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 culture of like hiding and secrecy yeah. was so strong that even at that level, yeah. she might have had some ideas, but you would think like that would be pretty apparent.
1: It's kind of like what he said about editing videos. It's just like muscle memory at that point hiding it you know <laughs> yeah. it's like a natural i had my story and normal here beat yeah. around the
2: bush and so did my family and things we didn't talk about it just just rushing wow. on by six months that's a little long it happened a little sooner than that um i should she now tells me when she told her family and um i've Whoa. actually just heard a story like that they were all pretty worried and like didn't
1: like don't date him like it's funny to think about now. See, if I was her, I would have played that up. Like he promised that we'd be married for three years before he started searching for <laughs> another one. <laughs> At, At least
2: three years. <laughs> um, but she, I think she more saw the writing on the wall pretty early. I I don't remember the exact time when she found out that's that's a weird memory that i just don't have that's like this is when it happened i think it just kind of slowly she figured it out just like she kind of figured out i wasn't lds it was your
1: parents kind of trusted her with that
2: just yeah yeah they did well and um, more importantly she trusted you she trusted that i was going to do something about it and i wasn't going to go back to that church she was very worried about that in fact her mom was very worried that i was going to marry her and go back and be like hey let's get another wife and that was one of those things it's like that just in my mind i'm like heck no not going to do that, but she just, she's new to me. And so anyway, so it was, it was a long, I don't remember the exact moment. I just remember there was a time where we actually Bible bashed a little bit. We got into it. Cause I was like, my mom's still out there. My family's still out there. And so I would bring out the differences and I would bring out what they believe in what, you
1: know, the you were still has. kind of defending it. Yeah, I, did,
2: I defended it a little right. bit. And so it got pretty, pretty rough that night. That was a pretty rough night. And a lot of my past came out about me and I started talking about you know, things I had done and who I was before I met her. And like not even that long before I met her. And so I was in this pretty big transition while I was dating her of like being who I was and who I needed to be to, to marry her. That was rough. That was hard. And, uh, I remember after that, I was like, she was crying. And I, it was just like, this, this it was the only time where I felt like things weren't going good. And I just, I literally just, I was pissed. Cause I could tell she was sad about it all. And, and I had lost clearly in the Bible bash and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then, and I just told her a lot about my past and she was crying and I just got, I just like screw it, And I left, I just got up and I walked out and she, I remember her yelling at me, where are you going? And I just left. I didn't say a word, went out to my car. And at that point I was like, okay, hey, I got to do something about this. Like this girl's amazing. I don't want to screw this up. I got to do something about it. So I text my buddy right there and I, I just said, Hey man, let's, we set up the missionaries. I'm going to take those lessons again. But I wanted to do it at his house. Cause my mom had, we've had missionaries over like they come. I mean, we're the pro, we become the project when people find out, especially in like <laughs> my mom's neighborhood. And that's one of the things I hated about it is that anyone that found out I became a project and it was like, Oh, let's get them the missionaries. Let's do this. And that we're going to baptize them. I'm going to save them. In fact, I had, girlfriends that like knew that would find out that I wasn't LDS. Most of, most of some of them would cause they'd get close enough. They'd find out that I wasn't LDS. And one of them told me like, I had a dream about you and it was the second coming and, and you had to go to hell <laughs> because you weren't LDS. And I was like, wow, well, you were, eating that eating a
1: shake, And you're just like, you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
2: I was like, well that hurt. So I had these experiences That's that just crazy. made me hate religion. And I was just like, so going into dating my wife was hard. And it was like, I just had such a negative outlook on religion. With how my Stories
1: out. like that just seems so crazy to me. So foreign. Like we've heard a bunch in here, you know, of people just kind of being verbally, you know, I don't know what the word is, bullied with with the church or with religion. And it's just, I don't think people like that exist still, but obviously they do.
0: So now, I mean, as you've, as you've lived through it, so yeah. obviously it went good with your wife. You guys got married. Yeah. You made a sweet proposal video. We yeah. Got 8 million views. Yeah. It was all right. You know, you guys have two awesome little boys, Yeah.
2: great kids, which how, is very funny. Like how, yeah, how boys. are you
0: using your past to influence your present in your future?
2: Yeah. So Like I said, before I met my wife, I was always telling myself, like, and it was more of just like an affirmation, like, I'm going to treat my wife good, like, I'm going to make sure she's, and so when we got married, I did, and um, look at some, I mean, my proposal, look at, I would always go above and beyond. Don't look at the proposal, because our wives might not like
1: us anymore.
3: (laughs) I've gotten that a lot. A a lot of my
2: friends are just like, dude, I hate you, man, and (laughs) I'm I'm always uncreative, and I don't like you anymore go check out what I did for my wife's 26th birthday and, and 26 of all birthdays. And, and then you can hate me. You stop it, please (laughs) stop it. But anyway, so my mission was just always to just treat my wife like way better than my, well, obviously way better than my dad did, but like, just try to always go that extra mile and just be an example to that. There are still good dudes out there. There are a lot of amazing guys, but with what we see a lot of the times examples growing up, There's not, you know, there's the negatives more portrayed than the positive. And so I was always like, I was kind of, my mission is doing that. And then obviously when I became a dad, it was, that was even took it to a new level of like, and then I have a son that I'm just like, I'm going to, I want to just give this kid everything I didn't have and give him those experiences and let him feel that love that I just grew up without. And, And so that my whole life is kind of just formed into this like mission of, Treating my boys good and my wife good, but But this is life and that's not always the case. It's
0: crazy. I just had like a thought on maybe why you're so good at storytelling and why you enjoy it so much is because you want to control it. Yeah. (laughs) Your ability to control the beginning the beginning the middle and the end
2: stories my whole life
0: you have (laughs) you've been telling stories and you felt (laughs) like you've been a victim of a story it's been out of your control but yeah i mean all of your past that has totally led you to what you do
3: yeah
2: that's interesting that's the first time i've ever heard it that way or that's cool (laughs) It is, it is though. Well, and they're all
1: positive now, too. That's what I'm I mean, saying. they're like, like, telling, like, really great, positive That's why he's so stories. good, because he
2: wants, he,
0: I want to be, I want to treat my wife like a queen. That's the right. story. I want to be there for my dad. I want to be there for my boys. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things, you just want to bring positivity, so you're telling these awesome,
2: yeah.
1: Anyways. That's cool. It's an interesting I'm going to take that and run with
2: it, because
1: <laughs> like, I think, you're right. I think, so I think my, you're right. So, I have one final question. The trauma, that doesn't go away. Like, nope. ha- have you done anything in the last however long to, to deal with it or have, has it ever surfaced since being married? Do you ever kind of have anything come up? Yeah, it's funny. I like, I feel like,
2: I don't know. Things were really good. Like things went super well with me and my wife. In fact, it was so funny because of like the first, and this isn't to tell you that things aren't good. Things are <laughs> right. still good, but we're all married. We, yeah, we know it gets how it hard, goes. but like, there was a good two three years that i just kept telling i even told my mom once it's like something's gotta go wrong because things are going way too good (laughs)
3: right
2: and and i mean that's just that's the nickelback song right (laughs) (laughs) i'm feeling way too good something's (laughs) gotta go wrong and so i kind of (laughs) expected i just always thought that because it was was you're waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah and so um I don't know. I started to I started to deal with things I didn't really understand what that was happening at the time with like um, just losing motivation, losing um, I don't know, not caring as much. Just kind of like, and I always remember I've been a very driven person growing up and just like always tried to go above and beyond in every aspects of life and just try to get good at anything I do. And I started to get a lull and just like, and it was when I my Haley got pregnant with my son and I uh, I still remember we were vlogging our, our doctor appointment and we were in the room and I'd always do time lapses. And I didn't find this footage till later. I would always speed up the footage. So I never listened to it. But I found this footage later when a company reached out to us about featuring our, our pregnancy. And so I went through all the, it was a TV show. And so I went through the footage and I just, I was listening. I just stopped to listen to our conversation of us two th- years before. And I just sat there and I was like, babe, I just don't know what's wrong. Like I am, I'm just like not driven. I don't, I'm just like down. Like, didn't quite understand what was happening but then I, my dad kills himself and that I, I was like oh it's not gonna affect me but nothing's it's fine and uh and i had my son at this point too so even though my dad was running like i still had this mission of like treating my dad or my son and my my wife good and uh and then when he killed himself like it it started to affect me in ways that i didn't expect it to when i started to realize that I'm never going to have someone that I can go to to get fatherly advice and how to be a dad. Right. Truly. Like there was always like the, there was never like a hope. There was never like a hope that we would rekindle our relationship. There was a wonder, like, I wonder if that'll happen. And, uh, and that died literally. And it just, so that, that, that wonder, it's not like I wanted it to happen. The door just closed. But just like that, that hope, it's kind of like having just some, just like maybe well, it was that, that little boy inside of you
0: still yeah. waiting for the relationship with your it, dad
1: it, right it brings it to the surface yeah because yeah. that trauma is there and it will sure always it. be there yes it's literally gone yeah and yep. no one
2: can feel that it's just the facts and so i mean i just remember being invited to, i would always get invited to like general general conference precept session um, with friends because they knew my situation and i would go but i didn't think too much about it i would just go and you know i'd see the dad i, it would, I would be sad i'd be like man it'd be cool if i had a dad and i'd would, I would cover it up with jokes a lot of the times and and so i remember the last it was the priesthood session after that i got invited and i just said i don't think i can go this year like i can't see that and i go to the store to go do some yard work i'm getting some stuff at I don't know home depot and i'm in the aisle by myself and i just started crying and i was and I, it was like i i grew up very angry pissed off that i feel like emotionally i was just gone like i didn't ever cry my wife always gave me crap about it. like she didn't think i cared a lot of the times because i wouldn't cry and i just started crying and i and i just texted my wife i was like i'm i'm in the aisle and i can't get it together and I just saw a texture about the whole general conversation. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't expect it to affect me. Like, it just, I don't know. I was just sad that that's actually gone. And so that turned into, you know, a lot of other things that I was dealing with. With like, um, I don't know. I think that just slowly just turned into depression. Yep. And I would hide it. And I would, my wife, is the, you live with that person. And the only person that saw it, and in fact, a lot of people that know me that are hearing this are like, really? No way. You know, and I think you hear that about a lot of people that end up with uh, depression is um, I, I hide it really well. And so but obviously my wife had to deal with it. And so that affected a lot of, you know, it affected our marriage. It affected me with my boys and it got pretty, pretty, it got pretty hairy for a while. Like I didn't know how to handle
1: it. And you were probably scared just thinking about your dad too. Just like, oh my gosh, that's exactly going to go down that same road. And
2: Well, all of a sudden death
1: because depression real. can be hereditary. I mean, yeah.
2: And right? I found that out when I actually ended up doing therapy that I like bipolar, I think that I might have, and I think he had. And, you know, that's obviously genetic. And so it got really bad. Um, and I started, I don't know, it's a point where, and I didn't want to get help. Like I felt like I could take care of it myself. But then I realized, you know, my wife literally made me go to therapy and, made me set the in fact she called made the appointment and uh and and as i was doing these sessions i started to realize that i mean my dad as much as i was that 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 was the biggest thing is i didn't want to become him and i started to feel like i i I could it's potentially like i may not have a bunch of wives and that pressure but i felt like i could easily go down that road and why why what makes it so that what makes it so i don't kill myself one day like Mm. how like what what do I have to avoid to get to that and i I kind of just saw that that fear of what if I end up there as well? It's a big motivator and I started you to realize through help. these these sessions that um he went there because he didn't get help yeah like he just I talked to my cousin after the after the f- after the death before the funeral, and he told me a lot of stories that I didn't know about my dad, and he was affected really negatively growing up by a lot of things that he dealt with and that shaped him and he never got help for those things and so he turned into who he was and became who he was and ended up ultimately where he did and um, and so I I was like okay this needs to happen I needed to get help and this is how I'm going to not become or end up where he ended up Um,
0: so So now I mean as you're through it what would be your message to someone who's I mean, wh- wh- yeah, I, not to anyone specifically, but what is your message to people this type, you know, whether they're in polygamy, good relationship, bad relationship, like what do you think you could say to someone that could impact them based on your kind of experience?
2: Yeah. Um, me becoming who I've become um, on a positive end, like not becoming who my dad is because I feel like he went down a really dark road and I'm going a different way. I just, I feel like I scripted my life. Like I, I kept my mind, right? I would read books. Um, trying to stay positive, learn and just try to not being victim of my circumstances is the biggest thing. I decided that I'm going to change this, this, the buck stops here. Like I'm not going to continue this trend that I think continued through even beyond his, before his generation. And I just decided this is ending here and I'm going to be positive. And so I, feel like i when i say i scripted my life like i was doing the affirmations and like and like i knew how i wanted my life to turn out and it's going that direction and so i feel like i've had control over my life i could have easily gone down that same road and um and then it continues on to my son and then who knows when it stops but i decided to not let that be the case and i decided to change it And it was just a decision i made and and that goes with um, the successes i've had in life family relationships and even beyond that just like deciding what you want in life and making and making it so i guess and like going for it and that's in everything like a career um athletics like if you want something bad enough you can do it and you can change your it doesn't matter where you came from what kind of life you grew up in you can um, do whatever the you know you can you can script your own life I love it let's end with that one I love that you know no matter where you come you
0: can control it you yep. so you can script it out so
1: and don't be afraid to ask for help yes seriously right?
0: other people will help write your story for you even for to sure. this day it's hard but you have to do it yeah yep. all right Ty, thanks for coming on man that was yeah, amazing. awesome <laughs> thanks for being willing to tell your story yeah and if you like it you can follow him. You have your vlog, right? That you, your family still do.
2: Yeah, we've got our our vlog. It's called Hender Fam, and uh, it's on YouTube and then Instagram, Tyson J Henderson. If you want to see that, husbands don't tell your wives about that channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely it's a, more of a woman,
1: more of a woman following. We have a lot of ladies following the journey. Now I got to compete with him and the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, <laughs> this is bull crap. Thanks, right. brother.
3: Thank you. Thank you, guys.